Greetings, Lucasarians. It's your man, your friend, your bro, Uncle Lucas here. Um, here I'm gonna talk about a segment that um, I saw on on the news feed here recently that you know, like most Americans, and you know, all has kind of upset me. Uh, anonymity is Uncle Lucas's friend, so you know I will play it from either side. You can decide which side I'm on, but. Here's the thing. The latest killing in Minnesota of uh, uh, a black male uh, at the hands of the police has everybody in an uproar. I have a few things that I would like to touch upon and talking on that today um, to kind of look at several problems and several things that I see wrong with this picture. Um, one, first off, is when is it ever okay in a prone cuffing situation or in any situation where you have somebody down on the ground, law enforcement wise, to put a knee across a neck? Um, there is no way to like, I don't know if you've ever tried to kneel across someone and like, I guarantee you, if you go to any training in the United States where somebody is cuffing someone prone that you will ever see taught someone taught to put a knee across a neck, they will tell you to put your knee at a 45 degree angle across the blade of their back. They will tell you to put your knee across their back and do not place your weight upon them. Why? Because if you place weight on somebody's neck, you're going to shut off an airway. Common sense. Common sense. So many police dramaties that we're seeing play out in the United States is because of this. This simple thing that I'm finna probably piss people off with saying is that uh, police recruitment goes right into the military. Hey, you're out of the military. You was a 13 Bravo. Hey, come, come join our police force so we can militize our police force a little bit more. We we, we don't want y'all holding nine millimeters here. You, you familiar with the M4? Here you go. Get out there on the streets and terrorize. You're gang blue now. You know, like... It's 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 atrocious at how the military has infiltrated the police. I guarantee you, if you go to one out of 10 rookie cops right now, hey, what what branch of service are you from? You're going to either get Marine. Army. Or something else like that, where they had just came from an MP type thing straight to the military. You know, they, you know kind of like didn't really listen in, uh, you know, the academy because uh, basically you were re getting regurgitated everything back to you that you heard in like a MP training or, you know, type thing like that. So it's like you just glazed over until they got to the legal portion of like laws and stuff applicable to your state. And then you listened in all the hands on stuff. Oh, yeah, you know, I, I already know that you just glazed through it. And that's that's a lot what happens in this country with, uh, you know, people going into police force. And then you already have that mentality of superiority from the military. Add to it a badge and say, hey, keep it going. Keep it going. You know, and like then you're out there in the streets and like, 
somebody like say something back to you like, oh, you don't see this badge? You don't know who I am? You don't know what I come from? When really and truly, you're a, a steward of those people. So when somebody comes to you with an issue, you're supposed to listen. When somebody comes to you with an issue, you're supposed to pause whatever you got going and find out as safely as possible. And the best way to safely do it is, hey, hey, Sarah, like, I, I want to listen to your con- what you're saying, but for your safety and mine, hey, could you just, uh, you know, st- take a couple steps back, make sure I see your hands at all times so I make sure that you're not a threat and you can see that I'm not a threat and let's chop it up, see what's going down. And like, well, so like, you know, use of force, like wise with cops, like you got every weapon like you're Batman. You got every weapon on your fucking belt, but the only weapon that you use is a gun. Come on. Shit. Like nine times out of 10, a lot of people are afraid to use their like officers are afraid to use their pepper spray because when you pepper spray somebody, I don't care if it's a hundred pound five. 11 woman she will turn into the incredible hulk and she will show you that she has super strength of a crackhead but because it pisses people off and you're more like they're more like afraid to use it bump it spice spice them up man it's better to spice somebody up than like have somebody dead and then you got to go to court now other side of that the black young man all right okay listen the young man in this in this thing like you know he didn't deserve that one thing that i always say that when somebody is of a a size to where it looks like they're menacing they get the worst treatment by authority figures because nine times out of ten you bigger than the cop and then the cop go like okay well he sees you as a threat because of sheer size alone but Here's the thing. As a cop, you got to have a little bit of balls, I would say, to know that, like, if this person is truly unarmed and I'm here with a partner, I got a car, I got a radio, I got a gun belt, I got a taser, I got pepper spray, I got a baton. I am not afraid of you. So, like, I'm going to like put first my presence as level one. And then if it goes up, I will escalate as it goes up. But I will not overescalate the situation. What what's the problem? Why are you overescalating the situation? Because he's black. Shoot, there's big corn-fed white boys. There's big, you know, big honking, you know, like you know, La Rasa homies from like you know the South Side. You know, you got my big Ross Paz man, people from uh, you know the islands. You know, you know. Sal Passe brothers from Haiti in the United States. You you have tons of people that like can show menacing size to be a threat, but that doesn't warrant you to toss the to, to like threaten their lives with death if they are unarmed. With death if they are unarmed, not just here, uh, the case in Georgia. Like you, like any any elsewhere, any other race would have been called a vigilante. That's my problem with the one thing in this country is, as lighter shades tend to get, well, they get preferential treatment. It's not something that we all like to admit, but they do. Case in point, if uh, Oman, the guy I was jogging, like if he would have been Jarrett, 
and say he's been jogging, you know, like he would have been called, oh, a former student athlete. They would have named his high school. They would have named like all of these, you know, emotional response things to say that his life was taken when he jogged through a black neighborhood or when he jogged through a Latin neighborhood just on a normal jog, like he always goes on a jog. You wouldn't have seen the video of where he was sitting, uh, you know, listening to country music, drinking and or smoking a cigar and the police came up to cost him because the police would have never rolled up on his pickup truck if it was parked side the road or in a park. They would have just been like, well, Jarrett's just over there chilling. He don't look like he's doing anything. He's all alone. Let's just keep rolling. You know, that couldn't have been Jose because they would have rolled up on Jose the same way. You know, they would have rolled up on Aladdin the same way. You know, they would have rolled up on anybody else the same way. Except that one shade of American. And that that's that's a problem in America because uh ever since the it was uh only like the two big groups in America, Indians and Americans, uh they gave themselves preferential treatment. They didn't like have it. They gave it to them and it stayed to this day. It's like, oh, well, you know, Quanto taught us how to farm, you know, um, you know, but he's only like his land is over there. Our land is over here. Let, well, let's see how much we can farm until he uh, until he tells us something. And then you extend your farmland, not knowing that you just extended your farmland on some of their burial grounds and it's disrespectful and they're ready to fight. And then you like, oh, well, hey, if if they do try to fight us, we we have guns. They have sticks and arrows, you know. So like, hey, we let's just go a little further. You know, that's that envelope pushing that made America <laughs> great. Uh it's that uh it's that tenacity that made American great, but like, gotta look at the, the backs and the bleeding that uh, that is it's been intruded upon, on, in America by just uh, sheer, uh, lack of better terms, sure I don't give a fuck. All right, uh, yeah, Indians live here. I don't give a fuck. If we're in the country now. We got guns. Kill them, you know. Like oh. Oh, what are we going to do if these slaves don't like being slaves? I don't give a fuck. Kill them. You know, what are we going to do about like this land that we want to get from the French? I don't give a fuck. Kill them. Call it Louisiana. You know, what are we going to do about this land we want to get from the Spaniards? I don't give a fuck. Kill them. Call it Florida. You know, that (laughs) is the unsaid mentality of America. If they don't understand you or sympathize with you or like you're in their way, they kill you. So you can't be mad at minorities when they get upset. Excuse me. Because um, in history books, uh, we've read that from like, you know, kindergarten to... Um, you know, 12th grade, that um, America will steamroll your ass if you get on their way. Steamroll your ass, pave over it, and have you in underneath the road to success. Um, 
they have shown that. So yes, when black people, Latin people, and other minorities see this, they get up in arms because it's, it's, it's just the tapestry. Like, shoot, y'all already almost phased out a whole race. If you go looking through this United States right now for like genuine generational Indians that's been Indian since the beginning of America, Indians, you can't find them because pretty much America just about to kill them all. And then you put them on a little piece of land and you take a little bit back of that land and a little bit back of that land and a little bit back of that land until like they ain't going to have nothing. And they're just going to either assimilate, blend out of the American tapestry or assimilate and die. This is America, <laughs> you know, like uh, the, the song says, like, this is America. You know, like that's that it's it's that Bonnie Clyde type thing. That's why, like in America, we, we tend to like those like Robin Hood S type people because, yeah, you know, I'm robbing from the rich, stealing from the poor. But not sometimes it's not always the rich It's robbing from, you know, like, yo, get down, lay down, <laughs> you know, I'm here now types, you know, like that we, we applaud. You know, because, you know, everything in America has been a hostile takeover. Hostile takeover. It wasn't like, oh, man, here, let's share. Yeah, the only time it was sharing was Thanksgiving and so many Indians got killed. To uh, behind that uh, concept of Thanksgiving. So many. Because like those feasts. Had to be like, you know, you know, if you didn't have it because you couldn't grow it, you stole it, you know. But um, <laughs> here's the thing in America, like with the policing thing, I think that what we need to start doing, stop yelling at the police and start examining as citizens. You should know every process and step it takes to make a citizen in your community, a cop. You should know everything they learn, everything they train upon. You should see their syllabus. So when he's effing up in the streets, you'd be like, they didn't train you that. Or other side, we should know ethics wise what they expect from us. So when you walk up on them, like we'll see a cop in the streets, you know, like, hey, if I walk up on him with my hands in my pocket, he's probably going to think a weapon because everybody's goal is to what? To go home. To go home, to be somewhere safe, to be around your family, your kids. Everyone's goal at the end of the day is this. So cops around the country, if you're listening to this, train. Train not only your police, train the community. Train the community on what you're doing. Not just community policing. Community policing is just such bullshit. Oh, I'm going to take a cop from this neighborhood and put him back in this neighborhood. They know he's a cop. You think they're going to talk to him? No. The, the, the snit, no snitching attitude is higher than the like community policing attitude. But like if you did it this way, if you put him in his community and you put a few of them in his community, you let him speak his heart and not speak with the backing of the department, not speak as a proxy of the department. Let him speak like this. Hey, I grew up here. I know 
that there are drugs in this neighborhood. I know that there is crime in this neighborhood, but I want the elderly to be able to rest peacefully without having to worry about if they're locked their windows or doors. I want you to be able to go outside, park your car and know that it's not going to get messed with. I want you to be able to walk down the street with your child and not feel in fear of the group sitting at the end of the corner. I want that group at the end of the corner to know that they could sit there and gather peacefully and not be, um, you know, preyed upon and just be and have fun. But within, you know, the quorum that everybody shares this neighborhood. That's what you need to teach. That's community policing because he needs to convey that I, I live here too. I am a member of this community. I want these things for my kids. I want these things for my community, just like you. And then maybe people won't fear the police. Maybe people won't object the authority. Uh, you know, like Hale's way of being the constable is still a good concept, but we need more constables and less Wyatt Earps. This is like if you go through police history, there's been the whole trail that leads to right now the military style policeman. You know, we went from the oh, the good old constable to, to the, uh, you know, soldier of fortune type police officer. You know, like, but like, hey, police history, you also have to be mindful that you have done stuff in history to uh, make races uh, terrified of you and um, defy your authority because uh, like, okay, we're going to get into it a little deep. Can't just dip a toe in, I say. Uh, like, um, look at the caliber of your bullets. Back a long time ago, they used to use 22s, pistols for policing. Until something came about called the cocaine craze Negroes, where slaves were giving cocaine by their slave owners to like make them more productive. Because when you're on cocaine, you probably don't you don't sleep much, which means you can get a longer work day. They was getting longer work days out of these slaves. But then you had the side effects of when master ran out of supply or when master didn't give that little fix to the um, to the slave and then what you had you had some slave going through withdrawal and straight wilding out and when you shot him with that 22 it didn't do shit so they was like oh we need a higher caliber of bullets and that started the march to m16s and everything being in the streets being in, in like prevalent and stuff like like today like ar-15s and everything that you see today it wasn't started by military arms getting into communities for gang warfare. It was started by drugs. It was started by drugs and racism. Let's tell the truth here, folks, and it shall set you free. So like to heal, to nurture and to fix these things in the community, we got to address everything. And also, yes, gangs, gangs in the community have perpetuated crime. Gangs in the community have perpetuated drug sales, but these gangs are cowardly compared to what gangs used to be. Gangs were made in the civil rights era and like most minority neighborhoods to protect them from racism. To protect 
the people in your neighborhood, not to terrorize, not to, to not for means of profit, not for means of illicit trade. They were made to protect some of the very, and they just like just spiraled out of control because they let in a few bad eggs. And when they let in a few bad eggs, these bad eggs let in a few of their buddies and kept and said, like, hey, man, you know, I ain't I ain't with this. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to make some paper. I'm trying to do this. And they phased those cats out. Killed those cats out. And that's why we have what we have today, you know, but like I challenge, I challenge it to be to do this. If you saw a gang doing good, like you don't call them a gang. You don't think of them as a gang. You think of them as a community group. You think of them as like, uh, like a, um, a, a, like you call them by their name. You don't call them a gang. Like uh, Hell's Angels. Uh, yeah, some like Hell's Angels might have a like auspicious past, but uh, you know, but they do good things. Uh, or you know, like tons of things, tons of different organizations that like that, like uh. March of Dimes, you know, like organizations is basically like the world has a gang mentality, man. You know, there's FBI, CIA, all this stuff. You know, like we group to survive. We group to survive. So what we got to start breaking down to be civil is there's only really one group that matters, and that's humanity. But we haven't ever had a threat to make us group together like that. And if that ever comes, then, yeah, we'll have peace. We're going to have to figure out how to get it together to stop something opposing us. To stop something from killing us, because that group is going to want to take us out because that group, if they were watching, has seen the world and the American spirit. You want it. I got it. I take it. So in essence, like you know, I know I got off of many tangents here, but like. America just needs to like, you know, police let people in on the process of what it takes to make your officers community, you know, let the officer in. If he's from your, like your perspective, from your demographic, you know, hear him out, see what he wants, what he can provide and what he can give to improve your community. Um, you know, and also, you know, like, Hey, if you're in a gang, if it's your thing, if you're gang banging, okay. But, you know, try to do some, try to bring more positive than negative. And you'll find that doing positive actually feels more better than negative. You know, one of the most positive influences I, I know that was a gang member was Nipsey, Nipsey Hussle. God rest his soul. But like only people like, you know, people, people take bits and pieces of what they want to listen to. Like people don't like to listen to the truth. People love to hear a lie. Because a lie gives you comfort. A lie, you know, a lie pats you on the ass. And like, you know, I know that you're not shit, but, you know, hey, I'm with you, you know. But, you know, don't pick through the truth. Accept the truth. A lot of people can't accept the truth. Truth of the matter is, sometimes in these situations, yeah, they were unprovoked. But sometimes in these situations, like, hey, there might have been some wrong being done. You know, 
the only reason we object so strong, like like minorities object so strongly is because when it happens with a minority, the first thing you throw out on, on the person is everything negative that you can find. Now, in the lighter shades, they throw out everything positive that they can show. They can throw. Like the gentleman in Texas, they tried to like throw the stuff out at him and they couldn't. That, that was the, the crazy thing. You tried to throw some negative stuff out this on this brother and you couldn't. And an officer just basically walked in his house and just offed him. You know, like there's another woman that's just been recently killed like that. Who's ambulance worker. She got her like house door broken into by a mistaken address. And she defended her home and was killed saying that she didn't hear people crying, like yell police or like when they broke down the door and stuff like that. But you got to think about it. If you're in your bed asleep, and then you hear that door come off the hinges and fall in your living room. I think it's like there's a, there's a cute little thing of the tunnel vision that like I can't explain it. But if, if you are listening to this and you know what I'm talking about, just, you know, let people know that like there's a cute thing, the tunnel vision where it'll block out sound where it's like your eyes take over your hearing and you don't hear anything. And that's in very much fear scenarios. So this woman probably was in that. I woke up in the middle of the night, heard my door just being like caving in after a long 12 hour shift. All I had next to me was my gun. So I got up and I just started firing and whatever bust in my door. It was the cops. They fired back with uh, machine gun weapons. I stood no chance. Now, when you start to like take yourself out of the like take just take color away from all of these situations and you'll see the wrong. Take race away from all these situations and you'll see the wrong. Four police officers pinning down one man and one officer decides he's still so much uncontrolled that I need to put a knee across his neck. He can't push me off. To tell me he can't breathe. He can't put an arm up to clear his airway because I'm on his, like other officers are on his legs and arm. Stop resisting is what you're hearing, but like he can't resist because he has the weight of four above average human beings on him. Because you have to say above average because let's just say they're 200 pounds and they're male and they have on body armor and they have on weapons. They're wearing steel-toed boots and they have on a uniform, probably weighs eight pounds total. So that's a lot of weight on an individual. Not only was his breast impeded across the knee with the knee across his neck, somebody was across his rib cage as well. So when you take race out of all of this, all officers involved was wrong. And the worst officer was the officer standing that was not even on top of him because his job was the cover officer. He's not only watching to keep the scene clear around him, he's watching the subject too and everything around in a 360. He's like, hey, that guy's not breathing. Ease up off his neck, man. Hey, you know. But I digress on that situation and like the situation in Georgia. You had a guy basically claiming citizen's arrest. Now, let me tell you this. Only in the South, I'll say that, 
Because you tried to do a citizen's arrest in New York City. Do a citizen's arrest in New York City and see if you don't get sued into oblivion if the person doesn't get killed. And if the person does get killed, you still might get sued into the oblivion. You still might. Because here's the thing. Detaining. I, I could come into your house right now where you're listening to me at and detain you. Say I like, had a grievance to think I needed to detain you to call the cops. Came in your came came wherever you were at and detain you. Uh, if I hold you without your like, against your will, right, and and stop your freedom of movement, I just kidnapped you. Think about that. And what is somebody going to do when you try to detain them or restrict their freedom? They're going to fight. Think about that. No matter what race you are, if you're jogging down the street and I'm like, hey, hey, where you going? Let me talk to you. Let me let me talk to you. Hey, hold up a minute. Stop right there. I need you to stop. Even if I was unarmed, you're going to you're going to hit jip moves like your girl says. You're going to, you know, like, hey. You're going to cuss me out like, yo, get the fuck out of my way. You're, you're going to do anything to get around them to, to, to have your freedom of movement. They're in your bubble. You know, that's human nature. Now, add to it, I have a gun and I'm saying that towards you. What are you going to do? i like, yo, I got to get this gun out of this motherfucker's hands. I got to get this gun out of my face. Common sense. That's why... All these people that I've just been talking about, the cops and the other situation, the two guys, they're going to jail. They're going to jail. I'm not even a lawyer and I can like articulate this into to you where you can look at him like, yeah, they're wrong. They're going to jail. They're going to jail. One, the other guy is definitely going to jail because like uh, if he fired the weapon, the, like weapon while the other guy is wrestling with this gun, he could say he was fired to protect his father. Yeah. But why were you even there with a weapon in the first place? If you were trying to talk somebody down and you had two trucks. Now, here's why the guy that's filmed is going to jail. You had two vehicles. If you guys wanted to just stop him and pose a citizen arrest, you could have did without the guns. You have two vehicles. You know, you could have just drove to the end of the street ahead of him with the two vehicles, blocked it off. I drove to one end with one vehicle, blocked it off, drove to the other end with a vehicle, blocked it off, called the cops. You didn't need a weapon. And if he ran up to the vehicle and like, it's like, even if you blocked it off with a vehicle and he ran around it and got away, you know what the vehicle, like him, actually running around the object just did it brought time for the police to get there and see the subject as you described him in the clothes running from the area and then they use real arrest authority real detention authority to stop him I'm just saying slippery slope you know and here's another thing the woman that um, got her EMT that had her house bust into uh those people are like going to be held liable too because um, 
before you go do a no-knock warrant and just knock in somebody's door, you better be damn sure that's the, that's the right address of the known assailant. I mean, think of it like this. Think of it, it's Miami. All right? You get a no-knock no knock warrant in Coconut Grove. The address seems right. They bust in the door. The person hops up with their weapon, starts firing. They fire back a hellstorm of bullets. Fuck, they shot Wayne Nazinga. Prominent Miami individual. You know? Then the whole weight of that area and the whole weight of every legal business and professional person that knew him come down on you. But this woman wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't like basically to the cops, they, they consider her like a nobody. So they like, oh, you know, we had a warrant. It was the wrong thing. She fired at law enforcement officers. We said we like we, we announced ourselves when we came into the door. But yeah, you also remember that this person isn't a trained law enforcement officer. So there's a certain traumatic stress level that went through this person's head, even though they're an EMT. When their door gets bust in in the middle of the night and they're tired and they're in bed. So I think a lot of understanding just is is what we need in general. You got to be able to like, you know, be able to get both sides to look at it impartially, you know, like. You're, you know, you're a kid, you know, you did good all your life and, and went to school. Things didn't pan out. You joined the military. You got out of the military. You became a cop, um, you know, been working on the streets. Uh, you get your first call of the domestic. You go in the house and it's uh, Tyrone and his wife uh, been arguing. You don't know who's been fighting who, but like as you try to separate them and like separate them from each other so they don't hurt each other. And separating them from any possible weapons in the house. You know, Tyrone grabs your partner's weapon or Tyrone reaches in his pocket. And we don't know what he's reaching for. You're in an unknown environment. Tyrone knows the house well. You don't know the house well. Young man pulls his weapon, fires two shots into Tyrone. Tyrone was reaching in his pocket for a cell phone. But Tyrone, while reaching in his pocket for the cell phone, was arguing and threatening at his girlfriend who was uh, separated on the other side of the house. He didn't know what his intention was because it was a call of passion while you got there. So you got to be able to look at it from this situation. If you just walked in there and you wasn't a cop and this was going on. What would happen? How would that play out for you? You're going in there trying to talk down an argument with your sister, a brother, and somebody is just acting so irately crazy and then they're reaching and stuff like that and you don't know what they're reaching for and then you panic. You have something in your hand to protect yourself with and you panic. What are you going to do? You're probably going to strike them. Or like, you're probably going to get the person the hell out of there. You're probably going to panic in some way or form. But hey, hey, people panic differently. Law enforcement people panic and they panic with like, uh, protect my life. 
You know, like if you win it, but like, hey, boy, size of the coin. If the police officer went in there like it was his sister or brother, he wouldn't panic. Be like, let me kill her boyfriend. If he went in his damn pocket, they'd be like, yo, man, what you doing? What you doing? I'm just getting my cell phone, dog. I want to show you this dang picture that she sent me of her and another dude. Damn. That's what you were trying to show me, Tyrone? You know? So it's it's two sides to every story, man. It's uh two sides to every truth and two sides to every fiction. Yeah, it's like uh history is told by the victors. Uh so let's let's start like trying to heal. Let's start trying to like look at matters that through others' eyes. And, you know, like when you try to walk the world in not only your own shoes, but like can, you know, humble your mind to know that, you know, like you have to walk in somebody else's shoes to understand them. You have to pad their track and, you know, go their route to try to understand them. The world would be a lot more better place. But uh, let me know what you think. Let me know what your thoughts and reactions about some of these things are. You know, hit me up at uh, legionoflucas at gmail.com. Um, as always, love, peace, happiness, one love out.